Welcome to Oh Malort, Chicago History You Never Learned in School. Today I'm joined by David Baxter from Hello Five, Friends of the Countess, and the 12 Months of Christmas. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a while. How have you been? I've been pretty good. How are you? I've been pretty good, too. Pretty good. How was your Thanksgiving? Yeah, it wasn't bad. It, it, it wasn't bad. It was good. I, usually I go out to my friend in Long Island and go to his family's place. And then this year we also did a group of friends. They've been having it for a while. I've usually never been free, but they've been doing Sharksgiving. So we watched the Meg 2. Okay. had Thanksgiving stuff. Nice. Yeah. Nice. How about you? I worked. Oh, no. Yeah. Do you work on Thanksgiving? Yeah, I worked. I volunteered to work on Thanksgiving. We're having a family reunion, so I'm going up to Michigan next week. Okay, okay. And, yeah, I volunteered to work it. I don't think I'll ever do that again. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Although, 2020, I spent... Thanksgiving isolating in my parents' basement doing a rewatch of Roni, so I don't know which one is worse. Sorry. Bless you. The sun goes down, and the moment it's it, it's it's like my sinuses go haywire. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. My mom has this problem too. I don't understand it. It's like sundowning, but just for your allergies. Oh, glad I don't have that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully we'll make it through this before your sundowning gets too bad. Ah, it's fine. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. All right. I do promise you that this episode will be far cheerier and mm-hmm. entertaining than our previous two. Well, that's good. Yeah. Now, I know that your mayor, Eric Adams, has been in the news as of late for some possibly shady dealings with the Turkish government. And that kind of seems like it's shocking to New Yorkers and to the nation. But it's not to Chicagoans. And what do you know about Chicago corruption? I actually don't know a whole lot about Chicago corruption. I know a little bit more about New York's corruption. So like Tammany Hall and all of that, which is when people are shocked. Oh, how could Eric Adams be mayor? And how could New Yorkers let us? We haven't liked our mayor since I don't know when. I I didn't realize... That all the mayors have been under investigation at some point in time. I listened to Trunan about Eric Mm -hmm. Adams and just never liking any of the mayors. The thing about Chicago, I think either the third or fourth straight year in a row, Mm -hmm. we've been named the most corrupt city in America. Oh, fun. And I celebrate. Yeah, we always celebrate. We talked, I talked about this in one of the podcasts. We have what are called aldermen and Mm -hmm. there are 50 of them, which is an absurd amount of people to have. Okay. And since the 1970s, about 30 aldermen have gone to jail. That, that does seem like a lot. I did a, a piece, a five-parter on a guy named Ed Burke, who was in office for 54 years, and he's mm-hmm. currently on trial for corruption. And I went through all the numbers there, but they're calling it the corruption trial of the year. Okay. Not the century. Right. Not right. the decade. The year. Just the year. He's not... Good enough for he's got a ways to go. No, he was actually called thoroughly corrupt by the FBI. Okay, yeah, it it's a whole thing. The feds executing a search warrant here are so commonplace that when everything went down with Trump, we just call mm-hmm. it a Tuesday in Chicago. Okay, valid. Yeah. I will say they have never seized a mayor's communication device. We were mm-hmm. proud of that, just like we were proud of when we started our most recent city council session that none of the aldermen were currently under federal indictment. All right. Okay. It does seem like a step up. (laughs) Yes. Any listener who wants to know more, take a listen to the five-part series on Alderman Ed Burke. And as I mentioned, I listened to this podcast about Eric Adams, and the Mm -hmm. host made it sound impossible that a New York City mayor would be indicted. And I thought, what is wrong with the Southern District of New York and not doing their job? We send governors to jail here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think that person was not a New Yorker because it's like corruption is baked into 
it's baked into it. It's not, uh, if you're maybe not, oh, we're gonna send them to jail, but we're pretty aware. All right. Yeah. Yeah. They just said, oh, mayor's a mayor's never going to go to jail. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we've sent at one point in time, five out of seven of our governors to jail. Mm-hmm. The Northern District of Illinois is very busy with their, their crime. And okay. <laughs> I think it is ba- corruption just is baked in. We've had five corruption trials so far this year. Okay. But we're going to talk about a politician considered to be the most corrupt in the history of Illinois which is like being declared the craziest in the current U.S. Congress. Okay, yeah. Or the worst cult leader of all time, along mm. that line. This is pretty, it's yeah, an accomplishment. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mayor William Hale Big Bill Thompson. His nickname was inspired by his cowboy ways, as well as standing over six feet tall, and weighing over 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. I found a book titled Mayors, Madams, and Madmen by Norman Mark. The first paragraph on Big Bill points out that one of his sponsors claimed, quote, the worst you can say about him is that he's stupid, end quote. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> that was said after he won his first term of mayor. Good times. What harm can he do? He's dumb. Mm-hmm. In 1993, a panel of esteemed historians named him the worst mayor in American history. Okay. It's a lot. That's a lot. A little bit about his background. He was born May 14th, 1869. Mm -hmm. in Boston to a wealthy family, and they moved to Chicago when he was nine days old. Mm -hmm. His grandfather on his mother's side was the first, I wrote police, but I want to say it was fire chief, Mm -hmm. and one of the city's pioneers. Okay, okay. Worth noting, the original settlers in Chicago were British and French. Keep that in mind. Mm Mm-hmm. He attended Chicago public schools and was meant to go to Yale. But at age 14, he went west to become a cowboy, as one does. Okay. I mean, that. yeah, that was, yeah, I guess I'm just thinking of how much the cowboy culture fits in with, geez, what was it? Basically, like everything. Uh, I'm thinking of what's that podcast? Sorry, my brain is gone. Behind the bastards. How? Oh, yeah. It seems like uh, before a certain date, but after a certain time, everything was the Southwest. Everyone was just, was uh, obsessed with cowboy culture or what they thought cowboy culture was. Yes, they were obsessed with cowboy culture, and I read that at one point in time he was riding his horse down Michigan a- Avenue pretending to chase indigenous people. Oh, that's always fun. Michigan Avenue is, that'd be like going down Fifth Avenue. Yeah. Yeah. Good times all around. Good times all around. He later managed a cattle ranch in either New Mexico or I also read Nebraska. Either way, it was property owned by his father. Okay. In 1892, his dad died, so he returned to Chicago to manage the estate and then became the alderman for the second ward in 1901. Okay. That same year, he married Mary Maisie Walker Weiss. That is a name. That is a name. (laughs) Maisie's in quotations, so that's probably what she went by. Okay, that's that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got it. And it's worth noting the couple had no children. Mm -hmm. The following year, 1902, he became a member of the Cook County Board. Okay. On April 6, 1915, 
He was elected as the first 41st mayor of Chicago. He defeated John H. Hill, who ran on the Prohibition Party, Seymour Stedman, who ran as a socialist, Robert M. Switzler, Switzer, who ran as a Democrat, and Charles Thompson, who ran as a progressive. That's so many parties. Yeah, I was going to say that's kind of, that, that, that's a, it's a lot of parties. And it's also the rundown of, like, it's a, uh, uh, oh God, what's that movie? My brain is gone today. I can't keep saying. The usual suspects, are, it's, I don't know. Yeah, you had a socialist, you had a progressive. Of course, you would have the prohibition party. Mm-hmm. He was a Republican, by the way. Uh, okay. Our guy, Big Bill. Very early on in his first term, the Eastland disaster happened. Mm-hmm. And he became known as Big Bill the Builder because he expanded our streets and he oversaw the completion of the Michigan Avenue Link Bridge, now known as the DeSable Bridge. So he was an infrastructure guy. Infrastructure week. Infrastructure week. He relied on his cowboy background. Well, wearing a hat that some people say looks like a sombrero. I saw pictures of it, and I don't see it. Okay. I mean, yeah. As I mentioned, he was a Republican, but it was still the party of Lincoln. Mm -hmm. So he appointed a black assistant corporation council and, and provided patronage jobs in the black belt, where he was known as Little Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Conversely. Some people in town called our city hall Uncle Tom's Cabin. Ouch. Okay. Okay. This is from a Chicago Sun-Times article written in 2016, titled, Before the Donald, There Was Big Bill of Chicago, which says, quote, Thompson made promises and the crowds cheered, promises he would not and could not deliver on. He called his opponents names. And belittled them. He played on his carefully crafted image as a cowboy, athlete, and hero. Athlete and hero. He's just checking off all the boxes. He's checking off all the boxes. He has a background in, in athletics, in okay. addition to the cowboy. He once rode into the chamber in City Hall riding a horse. What was that TV show in the 70s about? The Southwestern sheriff who rode a horse who moved to New York and used his cowboy know-how as a sheriff in the streets of New York City? I have no idea. Okay. I just remember there was an episode of Animaniacs where they were making fun of it, and then Dot turns to the camera and goes, we would make fun of Columbo, but we like Columbo. Okay. I had no idea that that was a thing. Yeah. The two things that flashed into my mind are the Trump NFTs. Yeah. And that stupid Putin picture. Okay. Of him on yeah. a horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The strong man. So speaking of Russia, there was one big thing happening in the world. And that uh, was, do you know what it is? Is Are we talking about the first Russian revolution? No. Oh, wait, 1904? No, we're now into, we're now into the, what year did he get elected? 1915. Oh, then wouldn't that be? Oh, would this be the Bolshevik Revolution? No, Russia's not the only thing. It was just a segue into something oh, that was happening world in the war world. One? Yes. Sorry. I was trying to be like, wait, was it the White Revolution? Was it which one? Come on. You're trying to get buried. I'm like, I didn't do that much. Re- I, I did. <laughs> yeah. Which lasted from 1914 to 1918. Mm-hmm. As an avowed Anglophobe, Big Bill was more than happy to fuel the biases of a German and Irish Chicagoans by opposing the Allied forces. That, yeah, okay. And by today's standards, this seems crazier than a sitting U.S. senator challenging the head of the Teamsters to a fight. But evidently, the Brits weren't our friends until... The 1940s, really. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't. I think there was one brief shining moment in college where I understood the 
treaties that ended up making World War One, and then after that semester class, after that final was over, I promptly forgot everything. Mm-hmm. But I just know that Germany, the Kaiser's Germany in World War One, is very different from what we think of Germany anytime after that, and. That is not a judgment call. I'm not saying, oh, it's great that we were friends with the Kaiser. No, it's just that we were looking at a very different Germany than what came later and what most people associate Germany with a world war. Right. And it's also important to know this was when the Brits were still imperialists. Yeah. They weren't our allies like they are now, Mm -hmm. which just seems crazy to me. But I want to point that out in context that it was a different time. That said, we did enter the war in 1917, siding with the Allies. And I didn't get into the specifics, but this caused Big Bill some problems. Because mm-hmm. he would, he just didn't want the troops to, he didn't want to side with the Allies. Yeah. There were also a lot of Germans in Chicago mm-hmm. at the time. After his 1919 re-election, Chicago experienced incapacitating labor strikes, a deadly race riot, and a crime wave. Okay. Now, aside from this weird yet understandable British stuff, he did normal mayor thing. It was pretty normal. But he didn't run for a third term because his campaign manager was linked to extorting school supply vendors for bribes and contributions. Okay. Chicago has been Chicagoing since they started Chicago. It sounds like it. From an article in the 2017 Chicago Reader titled, Chicago's Mayor Big Bill Thompson Used America First Decades Before Trump. Mm Mm-hmm. These articles are not so subtle foreshadowing on foreshadowing and where this ends up. Okay. The reader elaborates, well, 30,000 Chicago school children attended classes in portable shacks, connected companies, sold record players to the schools at a 467% markup. Wow. Yeah. And I won't say nobody gave a shit, but. Did was it just accepted as standard practice? Apparently, yeah. But listen, the corruption and the it was accepted as standard practice for the most part. Yeah. Okay. Like when Ed Burke got busted when it came out in 2019 that he got indicted and another alderman wore a wire. The Mm -hmm. aldermen weren't upset that he did what he did, but that the other alderman wore a wire. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Democrat William Dever won. Under the new mayor's leadership, Capone was driven to the nearby village of Cicero. All right. Because we have Al Capone, little gangster guy here. And now we're into prohibition. And Dever didn't agree with prohibition, but he was going to enforce it as it was a constitutional amendment. Okay. Big Bill was appointed to the head of the Illinois Waterway Commission. And he was advocating for a lakes to golf project. So taking, going from the Great Lakes to the Gulf of Mexico, Mm -hmm. which sounds like a great idea. Yeah. It it depends upon who we're talking about, but sure. It already existed. Yeah. In fact, last week we did an episode about the reversing of the Chicago River. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is now the sanitarian ship canal that allows one to travel all the way through North America via boat. Okay. So I don't know what his game was there because it had been around for about 20 years. Yeah. Now, he knew he wanted to be mayor again. So in a public relations ruse, he set sail aboard the boat, Big Bill, to find tree climbing fish in the south seas tree climbing how does that okay all right i'm going with this i i I wrote is this the 
early 1900s equivalent of windmills driving whales a little bit batty. Yeah. Or... Migrants of tree climbing fish. Mm-hmm. And, and are you familiar with Asian carp? Swimming up the river? Yeah, and they jump really high. Yeah. Like, move over Asian carp. We've better fish. They can climb trees. Only the best fish. Never before have we had fish like this. Fish you've never seen. The communists hate these fish. And let me tell you why they hate them. They climb they're trees. They're strong capitalist fish. Yes, they're bureau capitalist fish. They climb trees. Mm-hmm. We joke, but I want to make sure everyone understands fish ladders are different. Is that, that is so? Is a fish ladder different from what's going on here? What what's going on here is this doesn't exist. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A fish ladder is something very specific. This is I'm bullshitting my public. Right. Because he only made it as far as New Orleans. Okay. I want to underscore that he was creating Great Lakes to golf while using a waterway that did just that. Now, this brings us to 1927. We are at the height of prohibition and and gang wars. Big Bill was wet. Gang wars is not the Jets and the Sharks, and wet isn't sexual. Here is a quote from Big Bill in the campaign trail. The Dever administration has made one of the greatest records in Chicago history for closing up businesses. When I am elected, we will not only reopen places these people have closed, but we'll open 10,000 new ones. What kind of businesses closed during Prohibition? Okay. Yeah. Bars and speakeasies. Mm-hmm. I'm going to thread a needle here for a minute because prohibition was ridiculous. But this echoes the talking points that we're still seeing about COVID blaming the wrong people. For example, this morning, our governor, Governor Pritzker, tweeted out some, oh, yesterday, sh- shop local. And Somebody accused him of denying small businesses PPP loans. Oh, he isn't. That sounds like a sure. Yeah, we're still seeing that with this sort of stuff. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, I don't think Dever closed the businesses. He just enforced a law. Mm-hmm. Again, prohibition was ridiculous. Yeah, and and so I gave the example. I'm also going to give uh, another one because I'm not sure if I'm articulating this during COVID. The state of Michigan left school closures for the 2021 school year up to the school boards, which is an especially local decision. Mm -hmm. Yet politicians lied, blaming it on Gretchen Whitmer. And I had people telling me that the kids were not in class. Yet my niece who was in kindergarten at the time was going to school. Mm -hmm. And then you have Trump come to Michigan and be like, let's reopen the schools. And you're like, "But, but they're open. This sort yeah. of shit drives me nuts. <laughs> and you'll be, it's just, yeah, it's just drives me nuts. That said, Thompson's statement made Capone so delighted, he displayed a picture of Thompson in his headquarters. Based on how prohibition went for him, it seems like he knew something there. The mobster siphoned 100K into campaign funds for mm-hmm. Thompson, which by today's standards, that is $1,768,224.14, which I'm sure elections didn't cost as much back then either. Yeah. And just there's no way to casually mention this. So I'm just going to get this out of the way. My great grandfather worked for Capone. Oh, nice. Yeah, he was a beer runner and bootlegger. Okay, that's a good. This. Hey, it was it was a big jobs creator. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll talk more about the campaign, but because there's a lot of different threads here, and I want to try to keep them all together. After Big Bill won, he appointed a Capone associate, Daniel 
Ciratella as the city sealer, allowing the gangster to monitor City Hall. Mm-hmm. So Capone had eyes and ears in City Hall. He returned to Chicago and created a gambling operation a block away from City Hall. Okay. Again, providing job security for my great-grandfather, much like the UAW did for his daughter. Mm. Instead of gold bars, officials had safe deposit boxes full of cash. Okay. So back to the campaign. On April 6, 1926, at a political event, he showed up with two rats from the Union Stockyards, one named Doc after his opponent, Dr. Dill Robertson, and another named Fred. These two guys used to be on his side, and now they're running against him. So he mm-hmm. castigated the rats for a little bit and then began seething about King George. Okay. At this point in time, I just Googled, are rats vermin? Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that he used the phrase America first. He he used the phrase America first. And this is from the Chicago Reader. America first opposed immigration, but ironically, it, it suggested the greatest threat came from Thompson's own tribe, wasps. America first was a way to strike back at elites, the reformers who endlessly lectured white ethnic Chicagoans to be more American. The fanatics who had criminalized beer, the professors and newspaper men who had promised that the sacrifices of the Great War would bring about a just society. Mm. Does it sound familiar? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So on the campaign trail, he promised that if King George V ever stepped foot in Chicago, he would punch him in the quote-unquote snoot, claiming he was, and I'm just going to quote from the Chicago Reader, a sinister figure interfering in Chicago politics through the city's elites. See, I would take that as a badge of honor. I took it like, no, he was calling King George a sinister figure. No, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah. No, I took it as our boy Big Bill got a watered down version of the protocols of the elders of Zion and yeah. inserted King George. Yep. <laughs> That's, yeah. I'm like, is, am, I re- am I listening to Alex Jones? Oh, we, I created that as a game. Alex Jones or Big Bill? Mm-hmm. The reader goes on to say, Thompson's trouble is mental, Dever shot back in an interview with the Chicago Daily News. Dever's campaign also characterized Thompson as a, quote, political pyromaniac, end quote. John Boehner once called Jim Jordan a legislative terrorist. Right. Yeah. Uh, They did other things like their followers were accusing each other that they were going to try to steal the election. So nothing old is, everything old is new again or new, everything, yeah. Yes, they also implied that they might, he might have Dever set to jail. Mm -hmm. And he wins as a Republican, beating the incumbent, Dever, who was a Democrat, and J.D. Robertson of the People's Ownership Smash Crime Rings Party. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I'm going to go with sounds like a made up party. Yeah. We did have a mayor once win on the fireproof party. So. Hey, third parties <laughs> out there. Take your take notes. Yes. <laughs> he was also the owner and publisher of the Chicago Tribune. Not the people's ownership smash crime rings party. Right. At his victory party, his supporters flooded his floating speakeasy causing it to sink okay i'm going to quote from mayors madams and madmen they explain it this way thompson's election night victory celebration aboard his 
Fish Fan Club ship in 1927 ended sadly. After drinking large quantities of Prohibition hooch, the 1,500 loyal followers overloaded the boat and stomped so heavily that the ship quivered and sank in six feet of water. Isn't that kind of similar to what happened with with the Eastland? It's similar to what set for it. I'm imagining. So the Eastland tipped. Yeah. And this one that just sunk. Okay. And if it was in six feet of water okay. and the boat's over six feet, you're not going to drown. Yeah. And it was in a heart, it was different conditions. But yes, it is, you would think that the mayor who oversaw one of the worst tragedies on the water would not sink his own speakeasy. Mm -hmm. By his third term, he had abandoned any ambition of bigger office. And in his inauguration, he said this, I will proceed vigorously to oust Superintendent McAndrew from the schools of Chicago and restore restore the school children the true history of George Washington and the other fathers and heroes of our country and expose the treason and propaganda which insidiously I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples. And so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Have been injected into our schools and other educational institutions. Again, so everything old is new again. It just it's sort of <laughs> that that could be posted on Twitter X. Right. Yeah. I mean I just wrote Mayors for Liberty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Part of his vendetta against McAndrew was because he was Scottish and he thought that might mean he was an instrument for the king. And he was specifically obsessed with one college textbook that called George Washington a rebel. Okay. Which George Washington was a rebel. 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't think they meant it as an insult. No, true. It just, it gets, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's also a weird thing to fixate on. When Thompson was elected, McAndrew had nine months left on his contract. Okay. The city offered to buy him out of his contract for 15000 which would be over 265000 in today's terms. Mm-hmm. He refused. Okay. And I'm going to oversimplify this because this could be an episode in and of itself. It's an administrative hearing that extended beyond the end of his contract. Okay. And they found him guilty in this administrative hearing. He filed charges against the school board, and the verdict of the hearing was overturned. This is from the Chicago Tribune. Mr. McAndrew did not need this formal vindication. He stood higher, perhaps in the esteem of the sincere men and women of Chicago, after his illegal dismissal at the hands of the school board than he did before. But the court's rebuke of the school board removes the merits of the tragic incident beyond all contentions and eposes, beyond refutation and motives. Dr. McAndrew was the one obstacle to the invasion of the school's treasury by the machine. Furthermore, he was an impossible obstacle so long as Dr. McAndrew remained in charge of the education system, the school funds would be administered properly. Okay. This is why I also would say people need to be involved at a local level in politics, even if it's just voting, because the people who are in charge of your city at a local level, they're stupid and they're mean and they all need to be voted out. Yeah, there's a whole. So this reminds me of a county in Michigan called Ottawa County, which they had, for lack of a better word, a Christian national takeover. Okay. And they want to get rid of the health, the the person in charge of the health department. And she's on a contract, much like this. And they offered to buy her out for $4 million because they thought their insurance would cover it. Oh, wow. But this is all happening, like, now. Yeah. And they want to replace her with an HVAC guy. Okay. And it's impacting no. it, It's impacting free meals and all the other things that the health department does. And, yeah, and it's going on very it, – it reminds me, when you say everything new is old or everything old is new again – but when we had the, they had their most recent election and the tide is changing. But yes, pay attention to local elections because otherwise idiots get elected. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is from a 2016 Chicago Tribune article titled Big Bill Thompson, Chicago's Unfiltered Mayor. In 1927, he appointed a buddy. Irvine J. Herman, a special commissioner with a mandate not unlike a Soviet commissar's rooting subversive literature out of the Chicago Public Library. That's never been done improperly ever. So there's no reason to see that as a red flag. (laughs) Book banning, always great. Yeah, it's always just the subversive material. It's never anything else, and it's always stopped once the subversive material has been subverted. The subversive material is never subjective. Yes. Everyone would look at it and agree that is subversive. From the Tribune, sport, as Herman was known, pledged to vigorously discharge his duties. As the Tribune editorial board noted, quote, and if he finds a pro-British book, he declares he will take it out to the lakefront and have it burned by the public hangman. Okay. The, Does the hangman do burnings? I don't know. Because <laughs> book burnings, even better than book bannings. Yeah. And done by a, if we get this other guy and we get like a book hanging. <laughs> I don't this is the wheels have started to come off the vehicle at this point in time if you couldn't tell okay the tribune goes on to say thompson 
was convinced that King George had given the library a collection of books, some being propaganda intended to make unwary readers regret that the U.S. had broken with England. Thompson was a little shaky on his Georges, sometimes faulting his contemporary, George V, and other times blaming George III, who wore the crown during the American Revolution. Yeah, that sounds... Kind of like thinking that Obama... Like, there is a... I know this isn't a good thing, but I will also say, studying royalty, there is a time when you're going to have to be like, no, not that Charles. No, not that Henry. I do understand that. Yeah. But the fact that he just specifically just... Because there were at least... I wouldn't be... Yeah, I wouldn't be like referencing the current Charles and then confusing him with Charles II of the Glorious Revolution. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. It's also akin to Donald Trump thinking that he beat Obama. Yeah. It just... But I do want to point out that this paranoia about the library is not as unhinged as you might think. Because Queen Victoria did gift what became the Chicago Public Library's original collection. Oh, okay. Okay. I want to say it was right after the fire. Right after the fire, people were donating all sorts of things. Okay. Yeah. But it's still unhinged. Yeah. Speaking of unhinged and libraries, this just, I, I, I was brought to my attention this past weekend that the New York Public Library has the original Winnie the Pooh stuffed animals that, like, Went through the back alley of a back alley. Uh, Like somebody gave them up and then they were sold by a friend. And then, yeah, that sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. And England really wants them back. (laughs) That I love. I might follow that story because I love Winnie the Pooh. And I would love to see that. And I can imagine that England would want them back. So just I'm saying like this is part of a precedent. And I uh, this came before Winnie the Pooh, but... It does feel like the U.S. and the U.K. have beef regarding libraries. <laughs> we just don't like our libraries. Yeah. All in all, six books were banned. Okay. A Monday in Florida. The American First Foundation planned to buy radios for Chicago classrooms so they could air programming from Big Bill's station, WHT. I guess I'm just trying to think of music, or is this radio programs? or I think it's radio programs. Okay. All I can think of is, so I put or propaganda. All right. I can think of, and neither one of them are particularly great examples. One is Jonestown. Okay. And how Jim Jones would pipe through his own sermons. Yeah. And then there was... The crazy cult in California. Um, the vegan cafe cult or a different one? No, the one where they tried to kill a guy by putting a rattlesnake in his mailbox. That sounds familiar. Uh, synonym. Okay. Oh, or, them. Yes. 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 That. That. Those. Yeah. Yes. And how yes. he had. Yes. And how he piped the radio through just himself all the time. This and this might just be my proclivity and where. I go, but I'm like, this is some cult leadership. Now, he was facing nationwide criticism for focusing on book banning instead of the abject violence. And he blamed, and he guesses who he blamed. I have a few ideas. What are they? Oh, is it? Ethnic groups. <laughs> no, it was not ethnic groups. Okay. The English? Nope. Which would be ethnic group? Then, then, I, then I'm out. Newspapers. Okay. That's he, a jump. He blamed the newspapers and saying, quote, the only crime war we have is with dishonest newspapers. Okay. This was an interesting time, and I didn't go down this rabbit hole for the sake of brevity, but it was also when we had yellow journalism. The Hearst publications really liked Thompson. Mm -hmm. 
but we weren't we are now at the blaming the newspaper portion of the story gotcha the chicago flag has stars on it and okay. each star represents an important historic event and he demanded that the stars only have five points because according to thompson six-pointed stars were british okay <laughs> okay I, all right sure yeah and i'm all I can start to think of is this man would have lost his shit if he was alive in the 60s for the British invasion. Yeah. I can understand not having the British be your allies, but we are at like next level of hating British people here. Right. This brings us to the 1928 Republican primaries, which were particularly violent. Mm -hmm. This is from mayors madmen madams and madmen during the pineapple primary in 1928 when hand grenades or pineapples were regularly used to convince the voters which way to cast their ballots one senator suggested that the marines withdraw from niagara and be sent to chicago the primary included the killing of diamond joe esposito who had been told quote get out the war it's healthier for you. The bombing of Judge A. Swanson, who survived, the casting of ballots from a horse stable, which housed 16 horses and no humans, and the suggestions that all the candidates sleep in hiding the night before the election. Okay. It's called the Pineapple Primaries, and I'm just healthy day in democracy here in Chicago. Yeah, it sounds good. Who doesn't love a good pineapple? Is that, is there a reason behind pineapple? Because my first thing is that it's, there was a point in time where it was considered a thing of friendship. I think it's just because the grenades look like pineapples. Oh, okay. Uh, Yes. From the Chicago Reader. As his grander political aspirations dimmed, Thompson went on a two-month vacation in the Wisconsin woods. Upon his return, the grandiose schemes of America First were abandoned. Thompson was temperamentally unprepared to deal with the challenges of the Depression, which left the city insolvent. All right. He's in the primary. I'm reading directly from Mayor's madams and madmen mm-hmm. he was running against municipal judge john h lyle and this is a list from the chicago daily news which compiled the nicknames they called each other during the primary william halitosis thompson all right blustering loudmouth irresponsible mountiebank Sure. Jumbo the flood relief quack. Okay. Moron. Just moron. Yeah, we're just, yeah. Blubbering jungle hippopotamus. We've lost the ability to make, that's what I'm getting. We lost the ability to do, to do these insults is. No, then we have arrogant, incompetent, Inefficient judge. Mm-hmm. Okay, that one's lazy, blood sucking jobbers. Sure. Lurching, shambling imbecile. I kind of like that one, actually. Flabby jowls on a barnyard hog. Okay. Blubbering charlatan. Sure. Sluggish bean. Okay. Two jackass ears, a cowboy hat, and an empty space in between. Works for me. Chambermaid in a ranch bunkhouse. And lest you think that either candidate was great, the Chicago Daily News asked, can both be right? Okay. I got a hand at Trump's nickname game is much better than Thompson's. Yeah, I agree. 
much better. But yeah, in 1931, he was in the general. He was running against Democrat Anton Sermon. Mm-hmm. And this is from the Chicago Reader. During his final and unsuccessful run for mayor against Anton Cermak in 1931, Thompson pathetically labeled his Czech-American opponent as Dictator Tony, a party boss who sought to bring Chicago under the thumb of King George and British bankers and pushcart Tony, an uppity ethnic unsuitable to lead the city. Oh, that's always fun. Here's the thing. I don't think in 1931 the powerful bankers people were talking about were British. Yeah. Did he buy a Ford and just not understand the gist of what was in his glove compartment? Right. And I want to revisit the quote after him winning his first mayoral election, which the worst you can say about him is that he's stupid. No, you can say a lot worse now. From the Chicago Magazine article, William Hale Thompson was the last Republican mayor of Chicago and the last wasp too. His opponent in 1931 in the his opponent in the 1931 mayoral election was Anton Cermak, a native of Bohemia. Big Bill didn't cotton the idea of an immigrant running a great American city, so he and his supporters sang a jibe mocking Cermak's name and origins. The lyrics included, "I won't take a back seat to that bohunk chairmonk." Shermack, or whatever his name is, Tony, where's your push car at? Can you picture a World's Fair mayor with a name like that? Okay. It's set to the tune of Bye Bye Blackbird. Uh huh. And it's really the Let's Go Brandon of the era. Yeah. I actually found a video of it. I'll put a link in the show notes. To which Shermack responded he doesn't like my name it's true i didn't come over on the mayflower but i came over as soon as i could interesting because <laughs> i've heard that but in a different way yeah this is his like listen i came as soon as i could and i want to point out one thing here is that we were getting close to hosting the world's fair okay and i talk about the world's fair Multiple times a week. And then while I was doing this research, I was like, how'd that happen? We had a crazy mayor who hated British people. Mm-hmm. We had the Valentine's Day massacre was in 1929. Okay. Like, how did we get to host the World's Fair in 1933? It's just, I have a good idea, but. Uh, I just, it was like all of a sudden, I'm like, like, I'm talking about it. I'm like, wait, how did they look at Big Bill Thompson and be like, that guy's the perfect? Because they didn't know if he was going to be mayor or not. He was the mayor when they have assigned it or awarded it. By this time, Chicago was over his antics and the bigotry didn't play well. So Big Bill lost to Cermak. The Tribune wrote after the loss. For Chicago, Thompson has meant filth corruption, obscenity, idiocy, and bankruptcy. He has given the city an international reputation for moronic buffoonery, barbaric crime, triumphant hoodlism, unchecked graft, and a dejected citizenship. He nearly ruined the property and completely destroyed the pride of the city. He made Chicago a byword for the collapse of American civilization. In his attempt to continue this, he excelled himself as a liar and a defamer of character. They awarded us the fairs. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And our guy did not give up. Yeah. He ran in 1936 third party for governor. He got 3% of the vote. Okay. In 39, he ran in the Republican primary for mayor, but lost 77% to 
1944, at the age of 74, he died. Okay. His funeral was poorly attended. Sounds like it. They found two safe deposit boxes totaling $1.84 million in cash. And that's by 1944 standards. Now, the IRS did get their share. Like, apparently, they took the safe deposit out and the cash just was overflowing. Yeah, he had a mistress. And I didn't get too much into the story, but the mistress ended up suing for her share of the money and got some, Mm -hmm. which I feel like that would never happen. Chicago has not elected a Republican mayor since Thompson. People talk. Yeah, we've not had a Republican mayor since then. People talk about Democratic run cities and crime, but I'm going to assert. Chicago was way more dangerous under Big Bill. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have a corrupt, tax-evading politician who stoked hatred. Usually, I try to link my topic to why is this relevant now, but I really don't think that's necessary. Right. Any thoughts? No, it's just been a roller coaster. Said, I feel like this, all jokes aside, get involved with your local elections. If if anything, the people there are crazier than you can imagine. I've started to follow Chicago politics a lot more closely than I used to. Mm-hmm. And I'll just, like, a couple weeks ago, one alderman accused another alderman of trying to lay hands on another alderman. The- and then a former mayoral con, like they were fighting on Twitter. It ended up being a, a hug, and then someone got censured. Yeah, you've got these people are crazy. If you don't pay attention to what they're doing, it's one of the things that, especially if you're in a big city, you feel like someone else will take care of it. Yeah, someone else is paying attention to it, and no, be involved. No matter the size of your city, be involved in it. And I'm betting that he got, like, his first term, it sounds like he was a, a pretty decent mayor. His second term, he was a decent mayor, except for he was under the cloud of con- corruption. But I'm betting he just had name recognition by the third time. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like, they're, like the boost that RFK Jr., had when he first announced he was running. He just had right. Kennedy name recognition. Yeah, exactly. And then if you look into the platform a little more, you're like, this guy's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Oh, he's, yeah, exactly. I've, yeah. But yeah, it seems like he was just boosting, off, yeah, going off of the Kennedy name. There are definitely other people I can think of running off of their family name. Oh, yeah, definitely. When people talk about how bad it is now, Mm-hmm. Like again, it's everything old is new again. Yeah, that is a good point. I've seen people talk about how bad things are now in in certain in a lot of different aspects, and I don't want to downplay the feeling of oh no, things are like I'm never saying everything is fine now, and you have nothing to complain about. But there's this idea of we're living through the worst times ever, and I'm like, oh no. We're not even living through the worst corruption ever. That's what I want to, that's what I want to point to. It's like, I don't want to say everything is fine now. There are definitely things that I am concerned about Mm -hmm. and things that I'm going to keep my focus on, but it's not special. And in fact, if you're concerned about the way things are now, look at how they were handled in the past. There's, There's been actual more than one actual attempt at fascist takeovers of the U.S. government. Yeah. We don't have a fascist government. Because they got stopped. hmm So it's looking at how problems got resolved. Or, in this case, people just decided they were sick of this bigot. Yeah. 
I don't want to say I'm not concerned about things and there aren't it problems, but A, it's not the worst it's ever been. Um, and I like to be a little optimistic about humanity. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I do try to be optimistic and I do think there are things to be optimistic about. It's yeah. Mm -hmm. People keep talking about the crime in Chicago Mm -hmm. is a big thing. I know you guys get it in New York, but for some reason, Chicago is the evergreen talking point. Jim Jordan tweets out about the crime in Chicago. And it's being two-headed about it. So crime isn't great. I don't think crime is a great thing. Like, I, I don't, like, and you have to talk about the crime. But it was also, like, way worse when I moved here in the 90s mm-hmm. than it is now. Okay. So you want, you have to just like deal with the what's so about things. And it's not the worst it's ever been. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, yes. Yeah. It's not even the worst it's ever been in the time that I've lived in Chicago. If you want to complain about things, you can also complain or you can make a difference, would be, which would be called getting involved in your local government. Yep. Chicago did a really great thing. A couple of weeks ago now, I went to it and it was called Chicago Civics Day. And you could attend workshops. I'm, I attended a workshop called Think Like an Urban Planner or City Planner. And then you could attend symposiums on, on why it's important to sl- support local media. And it was fascinating because it was like, do you want to make things better? Attend this. And it was all walks of life. Young people, old people, like kids. It was really inspiring because you, one thing you knew, every person that was there was because they love Chicago. Yeah. All right. Any more thoughts? That's it. it, it it's it been a fascinating deep dive. I feel like I've learned a lot about politics. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact of the matter is this guy never went to jail. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully. There won't be people who are like him. No. In the Ed Burke episodes, John and I talk a lot about the corruption and even the machine in Chicago. And it just can't exist like it used to. Yeah. You can't do a backroom deal Mm -hmm. without someone seeing you and putting it on on Twitter. Exactly. It just can't work. And so now we're ending up with, at least in Chicago, with politicians who are just doing the dumbest, most pathetic stuff. And you're just like, they're now just petty. Yeah. But I don't think it could ever exist. It's like how he got away with the whole lake to golf thing. Mm -hmm. Because it was reliant on an uneducated electorate, not knowing that already existed. Right. Which in... 19 whatever 20s way easier to do than it would be now although did you see the fox news pundit who spent said he spent 90 dollars on a turkey yeah i saw a bit of that yeah they are still really relying on people being stupid exactly they really are still relying on people being stupid but it's harder people would find out that people would be like now i'd like to think for the majority of the population, fish that try- climb trees mm-hmm. would be a non-starter. Okay. They might be giving, like, I said majority of the population. Right. I'm just telling a coworker of my, again, then he went off to find fish that climb trees. And say what now? Like, yeah. that's the appropriate reaction. Whereas just how the flow of information went and what we knew about the world then, it could actually be possible. Now, I think he knew he was lying because he was never planning on doing it. Mm-hmm. So where can people find you? I have a couple podcasts. Thank you, Five, Friends of the Countess, and 12 Months of Christmas. All of them, or all of them except for 12 Months, can be definitely be found on any podcast thing. 12 Months is part of the Solid Listen Network. 
Friends of the Countess is on Instagram and Thank You Five is on Twitter for as long as that'll be. <laughs> it's hanging on there. Yeah. <clears throat> First of all, thank you very much, by the way, David, for joining us. Now, listener, thank you for listening. Be sure to hit the subscribe button quicker than Big Bill blamed the Brits. Leave mm. a five-star review, remembering that six stars are British. Mm. Ah, and tell your friends, like this is propaganda radio being forced on school children. Mm. I am traveling next week, listeners, but my plan is to do a Burke update because that trial is more comical than watching Bernie Sanders try to stop a fight. <laughs>